0: I invite you to remain standing a moment longer for this morning's reading from the gospel. I'll be reading from Luke's gospel, the 8th chapter, verses 26 through 39. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now, there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherd saw what had happened, they ran off and told in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told him how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. With the transition before us, you know, that kind of elephant in the room that this is our last Sunday here, I was really hoping that there would be some sort of an itinerant story of Jesus. And so here we got Jesus going to the land of the Gerasenes. I'm not going to get into all the The challenges that Luke has given us and the way the story is portrayed in some of the other gospels because there's a a geographic error. Uh, This place is physically not located on the seashore and yet Jesus is stepping out of the boat according to Luke's telling of the story and so it kind of muddies the water. I don't want to talk about those kinds of obstacles that sometimes Scripture brings to us when we talk about the truth they bring, but some of the actual realities. But I do want to talk about this Jesus who's on the go. This Jesus who leaves the place where he finds comfort to go to be with people. This Jesus who finds value in going to the house of worship, whether it be a synagogue in the towns he's visiting, or to the temple for Passover. This Jesus who goes to where people are, this Jesus who goes to help them become a part of God's ongoing story. And so I thought this story today fits exactly the way I think we're feeling and I hope the way you all are hoping and anticipating the next phase, the the new pastor that will be coming, your next pastor. So here we have Jesus uh, stepping off of a boat. He's in a a place where uh, others might say, Jews don't often come, but there is a Jewish presence in the area. But Jesus isn't embraced by the people as he is in some other places. He's not being hailed as a hero, and certainly the aftermath of the story, he's asked to leave, which is a perplexing thing. We'll get to that in just a moment. So I want us to kind of think about Jesus being willing to get up and to go, uh, to remind us as people who come to this place regularly, who sit in these pews, who also need to know we have a need to get up and go. To go out into the community, to go out into the world, or at least to send our representatives. To go and to bring these stories of love, compassion, healing, and hope to a world that is wrought with problems. A world that is divided upon itself. The world that is facing so many challenges. We need to be that presence of Christ, of healing, in the world. Now... Let's go back and pretend we're kind of first century people. It can be hard to do in an age of, uh, of social media, of technology, of, of ever-changing kinds of things in the world. But in the first century, people believed uh, in demons, okay? So this storytelling of Luke uh, fits right along. Luke, Luke believed in demons, uh, although he believed that Jesus was the Son of God, the Son of Man. Uh, the power that God was sending into the world, but, but Luke's context was shaped by the understanding that there were demons inhabiting the world. Uh, now, these demons were not all bad. There, was, uh, there were spirits that brought good things. Uh, uh, there, there were angels, of course, uh, of God, but there were also uh, centaurs, nymphs, and other kinds of, of evil things in the world that, that brought people problems. Uh, and so uh, uh, this was their understanding of how the natural life, the natural processes of, of, of the created world took place, that there were influences by demons. Uh, so we have this man who, who today, some 2,000 years later, we're more off, more, and more apt to say this man may have had some mental health issues than being possessed by demons because they're two different things. Okay, So let's just be clear, 2,000 years ago, uh, uh, the, the writer, Luke, uh, has uh, shaped his understanding by his time, his context, the understanding of, of medicine, if you will. Uh, so here we have Jesus stepping out of the boat, and this uh, this person who who is struggling with life, I find it odd. It's ironic, actually. Luke calls him a man of the city, a man of the city, possessed by demons. But he's not a man of the city because the city has rejected him. So he's a man, really, of nowhere except the tombs, which make him ritually unclean in the eyes of the Jews that live in the community. So this man has really nothing. Uh, He doesn't even have clothes, and he's often been shackled or handcuffed, chained down to to keep him under control, And, and yet when Jesus steps off this boat, this man of the city falls at Jesus' feet. So when the average churchgoer... The average citizen doesn't understand Jesus, his power, his presence, the ability, the the grace that he offers. The man who's possessed does. Falls at his feet, calls Jesus by name, identifying who he is. And Jesus then turns the kind of power over by saying, Who? Who are you? What is your name? And he said, Legion, meaning there's many spirits in me. And so these spirits recognize Jesus' power and authority over them. And and they are feeling tormented by Jesus' presence. And so they ask to be sent away, to be placed in that herd of hogs, swine, nearby. And so Jesus allows them to do that. And then the storyteller tells us this swine run off into the lake and are drowned. Well... We're first century people. That's a win all across the board. Hey, the, the man who was possessed, he's healed. He got what he wanted. The demons asked for permission to go to the swine herd. They got what they wanted. And you know what? If you're a Jew in the community, you got rid of a lot of unclean animals. So you get a win too. So in the eyes of many of the first century, this was a really good story. But for us, and even beyond us, those that are hurting, those that are not understood, those that face challenges, the one in whom they hope, Jesus has been asked to leave. The people, the ordinary good people, feel threatened by what Jesus is offering by what Jesus is bringing them. They want Him gone. They don't want the apple cart upset. They would rather have the power of the empire than the reign of God. Ever find yourself in that place, that dilemma? Do you ever find yourself wanting to be patriotic, feeling good about being an American and yet... You hear or you see something that is of the empire versus the reign of God. Do you ever find yourself in that kind of perplexing situation? How do you respond? Well, friends, Jesus told this man, you can't go with me, but you can go back now to the place that will accept you. And you can be a part of the ongoing story. You can share your stories of how God has come into your life. And how God can heal you. So Luke, the physician who's telling this story, sees this as a healing miracle. That's that's the way he tells this story. The man has been healed. He he can go back to his community. But Jesus has given him an assignment. You're going to stay at home, but go from person to person. Go from home to home. Go from business to business and share what God has done for you. Be a part of God's story in your place. You don't have to go to Africa or to Tarsus or to anywhere else. You can do this where you are. Friends, we're all a part of the stories of God. We get the opportunity to make choices. Do we accept God's grace? Do we reject it? Do we put it on the back burner? Do we fully live into that life? Do we become more American than Christian because sometimes the values clash what will we choose how will we be part of the story stories are so important we've had almost a complete seven years here it's our story now but we have work to do not just me Melissa all of us have work to do now here's my plan I knew I might get emotional do you remember when I first came here I can't remember if it was the first or second service maybe the first or second week that I was here and I was walking down the steps and I tripped I don't know if I look like that I could laugh and do that today but I hit that communion rail (laughs) and I I remember hearing this gasp (gasps) and people later said we thought we'd killed our preacher (laughs) I learned a lesson. That robe that bounces out in front of me, it can, it can camouflage the steps that are below, and I just missed the step. I can remember fire alarms going off during worship when we were having Thanksgiving. I didn't know how to turn them off. I just looked at you all and said, what do we do? And finally, someone who knew were the key to override the system went and shut the... Uh, we've, we've cooked breakfast in the kitchen and set off the smoke alarms. We've, we found skunks in the cupboards... They're part, these are parts of our stories, friends. It's who we are. Don't be afraid to be the Christian that God has called you to be in good times and in challenging times. So I want to tell another story. It's going to hopefully bring some laughter. It's really kind of more of one of those jokes, although it's not set in a bar. And so there was this priest and a Protestant pastor and a rabbi, they got together and drank coffee, okay? So this is a coffee story, not a bar story. And they were talking about how, how easy it is to convert people to faith. And they were just kind of, you know, one-upping each other. This is, it's not so hard. And so it got around to it. One of them, I think it was the the uh, the, the priest, says, look, I could convert a bear. I could bring a bear to come to know Jesus. I could, I could usher a bear. So, you know, just kind of uh, being people of the cloth, they, they challenged one another, all right, you go, let's, let's see how you do. And so uh, the, the next time they got together, they were bruised and battered. As a matter of fact, the priest, he was on crutches and had one of his arms in a cast. Uh, and, and they said, well, how did it go for you? And he said, boy, he said, I started reading the bear I found, the Baltimore Catechism. And he said, that bear didn't want anything to do with the Baltimore Catechism. He started slapping me around. So he said, I grabbed my holy water, and I, I threw it on the bear. And that calmed him down, and he came to know Jesus. Well, the Protestant pastor, he was in a wheelchair, had both legs broken. Had a, his neck was in a, a, a brace, and, and he was all battered. And they, they said, well, how did it go for you? And he said, I started reading the bear I found. I started reading him the Holy Bible. Woo, he didn't like that. He said, that bear started throwing me around and thrashing me. And they said, what did you do? He said, well, I was wrestling him. I finally got him down to the, to the water, and I dunked him under the water and baptized him. And he said, I brought that, that hairy soul to come to know Jesus. And he calmed down. And they looked over at the rabbi who was in a full body cast. Only his face was showing. And he said, I guess I shouldn't have started with circumcision. Friends, laughter is good for us, it soothes the soul, it's part of our stories, but there's also work to be done. We should be people of humility, not braggarts about the great things that we've done as a church, the stories that are powerful, the feeding of people, the starting of a new worship service. So many more things that we have done and been a part of. This church has over 150 years of faithful service to this community and to the world. And so we're just a part, we're just a chapter in that story. But we need to share our stories, our personal stories. How do you find comfort in this Jesus whom you follow? That's your story that you should be willing to share. And if you don't know it, you need to write it down and begin to practice it so that when you are around people... They come to know Jesus maybe through your experiences. Because that's what Jesus told this healed man to do. Go back to where you came from or where you wanted to be, where you've been healed and restored to be, and be a part of my story. Share what God has done in your life so that others can come to know God also. In 1999, Scott Ginsburg attended a convention. And he said, you know, everybody in the convention was given those, hello, my name is, name tag, And he said, you know, people would come, oh, hi, Scott. Well, Scott decided he would not take that name tag. Has anybody done that? Failed to take your name tag off when you leave somewhere and you walk around, you're in the store, you're visiting people. Hello, my name is Brian. Hi, Brian. How did you. Oh, (laughs) I'm embarrassed. Scott kept his name tag on. So much so, he said, I'm going to go get some of these because he said it opened the door to people. They wanted to talk to Scott because they saw his name. Just like Jesus, what is your name? Legion, Jesus now has power over you because he knows the name. Scott bought more of those hello my name is" name tags. And he began to wear them every day and he found that people were more friendly to him because he had that name tag on. He would start up conversations, he said, with people who might not ordinarily not even want to talk to him or give him the time of day. Scott thought about, maybe I ought to tattoo this on me somewhere so I don't have to keep buying name tags, just a one-time shot. Hello, my name is Scott. Friends, what name tag are you wearing from place to place? From moment to moment in your life, what does your name tag say about you when you meet a stranger? Hello, I'm in a hurry. I don't want to talk to you. Hello, I'd like for you to think I'm a Christian, but I don't know what to say to you because I haven't practiced or thought about it. And so, we, What does your name tag say? Who do you follow? People ought to see in us this Jesus whom we say is discipling us. It's part of our story. And for those of us who haven't given that much thought, today is that new beginning. Give that some thought. So as Dave challenged us and reminded us, we are a hospitable congregation. People can see in us the Christ whom we love before we ever open our mouths or serve them. They ought to see it in our expressions. They ought to see it in how we treat people. They ought to see it and be a part of it by us inviting them to come to know this Jesus. Our stories, our stories are so important, especially when they're grounded in the love of God who forgives us of our brokenness, who sets us back into a part of His beautiful creation, who sent His Son into the world to heal us, who gives us His Holy Spirit so that we can be Christ for others. In the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen.